Welcome back to the Buyer Side Chat. So today I sat down with Sarah Jansel, the Shopify queen. She's the CEO of her own Shopify design business, but that is actually not entirely what we're talking about today. The conversation's a little bit different than what you might be expecting. Because when you hear Shopify, immediately I feel like the mindset goes to all right, we're going to talk website optimization and all things Shopify. But actually, Sarah and I have a little bit of a similar backstory in the corporate world and kind of following our passion. So she has over 20 years of experience working in the corporate tech world. She pivoted to open up her own clothing boutique and then she pivoted again and leaned into her true passion of web design. So our chat today is really about leaning into your passions to find purpose in your career and in your life. Her experience running a shop with no buyer background And we talked about tips to be really successful and strategic with your collection and on Shopify when you're preparing to stand out from the competition this holiday season. It's such a fun chat. I hope you love it. So let's get into it. Hey friend, quick question for you. Are you feeling stuck with how to get your brand to stand out on FAIR? I'm asking you because as a buyer myself, I can tell you that there are just so many brands out there vying for the attention of these buyers, but I know that your brand has something so special and it needs to be seen. I put together a private podcast for you that goes deeper into what buyers are really looking for on the FAIR platform and how you can stand out from the crowd to grow your wholesale business and really land those dream buyers. So If this resonates with you, head to the link in the show notes for instant access. Hey, Sarah, I'm so excited to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you for being here today. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me. I was looking forward to this today. Uh, Me too. (laughs) Me too. We've like rescheduled a couple of times and we're making it happen. I'm sitting in my closet recording this because there is so much noise in my house. So I'm just like rolling with the punches today. I'm like, I am not canceling on Sarah. We are making this happen. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast and just share your story because you have an awesome background. You used to have your own shop. You've worked in corporate. Like We have so much to talk about. So I'd love for you to just introduce yourself and kind of talk about your your background and your business now, kind of how you got there. Yeah, I feel like we have so many similarities as well. So, you know, I find myself in your story (laughs) when I tell mine. So maybe we'll learn something more today. But uh, yeah, so thanks for having me. Uh, Hey, guys, I'm Sarah. And I, in fact, did work in corporate. That was sort of the start of my career. And I did about 20 years. Yes, we're not going to tell you how old I am, but (laughs) I did 20 years. Uh, I did start pretty young. I got hired by one of the big banks and, you know, did a 20 year stint in banks and consulting firms and all the things. I left my last role. I actually took a total spinoff after completing my MBA into a tech company. So, you know, that was kind of my last stint and did a lot of stuff around people uh, and operations. So anything that had to do with 
building and branding and growing the company from either a people perspective, a literal building perspective of building, you know, offices and things like that and all kinds of things. So I feel like I had a really good handle on all the things that kind of go into, you know, making a company successful and certainly what does not (laughs) as well. So yeah, so I spent a lot of time there and throughout the years, uh, you know, I kind of got into that uh, a little bit. I talk about this um, because I'm a speaker as well in some of my keynote speeches because there was something pivotal that happened to me at 16 where I kind of had to make a decision because I found myself out on my own about whether or not I was going to continue down the art and creative path or I was going to actually need to pursue like safety and security and things like rent and food. And so, you know, obviously I chose the safe route. And so that kind of haunted me for a number of years where I knew that there was something more creative for me. I just couldn't quite put my finger on what that would look like. So, you know, if you're somebody that's out there that's listening to this, that's had a million different ideas about what a business could look like for them, totally that was the tune that I was singing. And so it wasn't until I became a VP in that corporate role that, I was like, man, you know, I kind of hit this big milestone. It was a really important goal that I had. And yet there I was feeling like a little bit empty, to be quite honest. And so I was like, something really needs to shift for me. So I started a fashion business uh, and told everyone it was a passion project. It was a total side hustle. And Kristen, we can joke about this because it's like all the creative hobbies in the world that I could have picked. I was like, I'm going to run a fashion business, you know, (laughs) it's going to be online. And so why, why do we do this to ourselves? (laughs) Like, can we just like do a paint by numbers and call it a day? No, why? but I love it. I love it. (laughs) Uh, totally, totally. And so I was on a vacation with my husband, I decided to do this. And you know, I had a lot of ideas, but I ended up landing on bringing the California vibes to Canada. So I started a fashion business that was online with boho chic kind of vacation inspired patterns, colors, the whole nine yards. And I did that for a few years until about 2020. When the pandemic hit, and I was actually starting to scale that business and was working with a coach. And we were supposed to meet in March of 2020. And we all know what happened then. So we kept kind of putting it off because it was an in-person thing. And eventually, I think it was like April, May, we decided to get together. And by that point, if you were a retailer, or even if you weren't, and you remember what it was like, businesses were scrambling to try to get online and trying to really just quickly figure it out because no one was really prepared. And so, so, you know, in speaking with this coach, she's like, you know, I know we were going to talk about this today, but actually I have like three or four clients and you have all this experience. Like I literally YouTube university self-taught like three years, three and a half experience at this point, knowing everything there was to know about Shopify, I did everything myself at that time. Cause I was just in this process of like, again, creative, wanting to learn, you know, kind of do everything myself, super scrappy. And, you know, it dawned on me that, yeah, okay, I'll take on a client. I'm sure I can show them what I've done. Like, you know, nothing professional here. Am I even going to charge these people? And after taking a few clients on, I very quickly realized, holy smokes, like this, this is the thing. So it was like, this perfect mix of business, because it was like understanding that there was all these people like me that had goals that wanted to get their businesses online that, you know, were creating something really exciting, coupled with the fact that I could be really creative around the design aspect with them. And so I ended up resigning and quitting my VP job within like a couple of months, uh, and left in October of 2020. So yeah. And so since then, uh, we work at Jansel and Co. And I've got a small team now and we do done for you services around websites, primarily on Shopify. 
That's such a cool story. We do, there are similarities that like we haven't even talked about that you were bringing up and I'm like, okay, we're gonna have to sidebar on this later. (laughs) But I think what's really cool is like just listening to your inner voice and we don't always get there really fast. Like there are oftentimes this like winding road to get us to where we, we are at. But for you, okay, you know, when you were 16 years old, trying to figure out like what you're doing with your life. And I can only imagine like what you were going through then to like crushing it in corporate. And then all of a sudden kind of being like, this isn't really fulfilling for me. You wouldn't have necessarily gotten from A to Z without all the things in between because Mm. you wouldn't have really known. Like now you can build Shopify sites for people because you've done it yourself. You know, e-commerce, you know, like how the consumer mindset works. So that's a really, it's a cool story. And I think a really good reminder for people that like, sometimes you have to just like listen to your gut, but also be willing to like go along the path, go on the journey and figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't agree more because I feel like, you know, and what I will say is I kind of did a lot of closet things over the years. It's like, you know, there were moments throughout corporate and things where, you know, I'll never regret those experiences because my goodness, if I didn't have them and I, it was like the perfect training for what I needed to do now, I just didn't realize it at the yeah. time, all the different, you know, paths that I picked and the jobs that I had in corporate, which was a good variety of things. And so I'm so thankful for that. But the closet piece was throughout the years, you know, I was involved in painting murals, you know, on buildings or, you know, I was doing modeling or there was a business magazine that literally came in with me wearing some sort of cute job by a fireplace that I had done for a friend in town. And it was like the business London magazine, which is the the city that I live in. And so I noticed it come into the corporate office I was working in at the time. And I just grabbed it, took it back to my office. So I was like, I didn't want anyone to know that there was this like piece of me because it just didn't quite seem to fit. Like would people take me serious? And like, that's the part where it's like, oh, I wish I had just known that like, more of me would have probably been better. And actually it could have probably changed the trajectory of some of the things that I chosen later on, but no regrets here. No regrets for sure. Sometimes <laughs> it just takes a little longer to figure, to figure that out. Totally. Um, I'd love to talk before we like dig into Shopify things, which is I know why everyone's tuning into this episode, but I, you have such a wealth of knowledge from scaling your own boutique business. I'd love to talk about that just a little bit and like what your buying process was like. Were you buying from other brands? Were you going to market? Were you developing and producing your product? Like what was that like for you um, building out that collection? Yeah. Okay. So kind of all of the above, but not quite. So (laughs) yeah, I would say this is where I get really scrappy because I'm like, I'm going to talk to a professional buyer about my non-professional thinking, but that's okay. (laughs) But there's um, one thing I've learned and I think it is so important for everybody to know that like your creative process in business and in your creative life, like it is unique to you. And so there's really no one right answer. Like I can guide people, but like there, you have to like, you know, every buyer I talk to has a slightly different take on it. So Mm. don't even worry. Don't even worry. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I would say, so I am a consumer of goods. And so, you know, I think I said this earlier today where it was, you know, we are 99% of us that start businesses are a version of our ideal client, or there are attributes or things about us that we see, and which is why we pick a product because it makes us feel good or it transformed our life 
in some fashion. And so that was me. It was like, I traveled the world. Uh, you know, I worked in India with the banks. Like I moved all around the country, lived in Vancouver, traveled to California. Like I got a real flair for the West coast vibes and was like, this is it. Like, this is the fashion that I love. And so, you know, kind of fast forward over the years, moving back to my home, which is in Southwestern Ontario. So kind of like borderline with Michigan, if you're in the U S listening to this, there isn't a lot of that going on here (laughs) where I live. And so I would always get comments at work and things like, Oh, I really love that thing that you bought. And it'd be like, Oh, I bought it here while I was on vacation and like, you know, different things. And so, you know, my personality being creative was like bright, you know, fabrics, lots of turquoise jewelry, like all kinds of patterns and prints and like, what were the latest trends and love fashion shows. So all those things really influenced what I wanted to produce in my brand. And so from a buying perspective, you know, I actually wasn't shopping at home for a lot of things. I was purchasing from small boutiques uh, that I found that were online that were really easy for me to purchase from even when I was at home and I paid a boatload on shipping, which is a whole other topic probably. But, you know, I was able to find some of the things that I just really loved. And that was just, you know, kind of a hobby for me. And so as I was curating my brand, finding pieces like that were really important. And so I actually started my buyer journey here in Canada and went to a few distributors and things and did a lot of like visiting in Toronto and area. And some of the things were okay, but I very quickly realized it still was just like, you know, the fashion that they're bringing to Canada is really fit for Canada. And I'm like, I think there's a different way to do this. Like there's a way to still make it feel like this piece is really special. Like I could wear this on vacation or I could wear it to the office and at home. Uh, and so I'm going to find this thing. And to be honest, I was really stumped at the beginning. And so here's where it gets scrappy. I actually took it to my closet and was like, okay, I can't find what I'm looking for here. Never even occurred to me to go in and look at the labels on the shirts and the pants and the dresses and the things that I love. And then that actually was like, okay, now that we know that we're going to take it to Google. (laughs) We're going to start to research some of these brands and start to learn a little bit about them. Okay. Okay. Now we need a business number and we need to go out and get that. And so, you know, it started to kind of roll from there. And then I started to realize, okay, well, a lot of these things, they obviously sell and produce online. In fact, there are, I'm not going to call them distributors, but like online marketplaces where a lot of these um, manufacturers and wholesalers actually sell their products. Because I learned early on that I wasn't going to make things, but I did want a white label and I did actually white label very special curated pieces, very few, um, but some of my like, you know, small edition kind of things. And then I realized that, oh, actually, there's this huge buying thing that's happening in Las Vegas. And so I'm going to actually go to this because it's like, think about pop-up shop on steroids. Yeah. (laughs) So it was like, I'm going to buy a plane ticket and I'm going to go out because as much as I'm shopping online, I know that unless I kind of like touch, see and feel the items, instead of ordering a bunch of random samples, I was like, I want to get in there and get the experience. So that was really taking it from the closet to Las Vegas seems like kind of a leap, but there was a lot of sort of like research and figuring out, you know, kind of where were these things and like how much, what was the price point on those things? And then I knew kind of my price point was going to be like mid range. I wasn't going to be a luxury brand. It wasn't going to be the cheapest brand, you know, it was going to be certain items. And so it really kind of started to lead me down a path. I always say it's like one foot in front of the other (laughs) when it comes to these things. And then I would say we could go down a whole other rabbit hole about like the choosing of the products, but I did have a very like specific thing about like researching the Pantone colors and what was coming out in the season and then being very specific.
specific about going to all the different vendors and what were some of the trends I was seeing and then picking out the pieces from various vendors that I liked. And it ended up being a fairly, I'd say somewhat small collection of them where I knew that I could always count on the quality, especially ordering from Canada. Yeah, I love that. I think it's it's cool because you didn't have a buying background at all. You didn't have a fashion or retail background at all. And I think most people that are starting their own brands or starting a retail shop like don't really have a retail background. They're just passionate about product. And I think what's really cool for you is that you were just like willing to discover and to play around with it and not take it so seriously, but also use your like you know, corporate background, your financial under like uh, acumen and like understanding of like how to bring in inventory and apply that to like figure out how to bring a collection together. So I think it's really it's cool. And did you go to Magic? I'm curious if that's where you were at in Vegas. I did. Oh my yeah, god, best conference like, ever. <laughs> it's super. It's very cool, and it is overwhelming. Like if you were going yeah. there for the first time, I can just imagine you were probably like, "What is happening?" Yeah. Nine hours the first day on my feet. Yeah, I was glad that someone told me to bring running shoes just the first day out of three. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, this is a lot. And I always feel for the the reps that are at the booths or makers that are at the trade show booths, like it's a marathon. So that's really really amazing. When you um, were building out your Shopify site, so you probably didn't have any experience building a site at that time. So what were (laughs) some of the learnings you had from like that very first site to the evolutions and the, the things that you were kind of doing to the website as you were building your own business? Yeah, I would say I had my foot in the door in the fashion industry pretty young. And so I had a sense of like what I knew I liked and didn't like. And I did have my own modeling website at one point, which is actually really funny. It was probably like WordPress, I think, way back in the day. And so that was pretty much the extent of it. Like it was pretty basic. And I would say getting into it, you know, knowing that I really wanted the vibe to come across. One of the first things I did was create a Pinterest board. I know that sounds like something really simple, but I tell all my clients, I'm like, if you can build a Pinterest board, especially if you're new, especially if you're going to hire someone to do the branding like I did, it was like, start putting things in a folder that you really love. And then once you have like 30 things in there, which sounds like a lot, but you'll be able to pin real quick, you know, stand back and take a look at that. And it will tell you a lot about the things that you are gravitating to, the colors, the vibe, like just the overall feeling. So that was a really good kind of starting place for me is like, where am I even going to start? And, you know, obviously I was doing that in conjunction with kind of, you know, some of the purchasing and those things tended to to pretty much line up. And, you know, hiring a brand rep was great because he gave me a lot of insight at the time that I had no idea. Like I will say going into this, I thought a brand was a logo and it is so much more than that. (laughs) You know, like I did know, obviously there's tone and colors and things like that, but didn't really see how that kind of all pulled together. So that expertise was really helpful. And then in terms of the photography, um, this is where I always tell clients, you know, go out and like, what websites do you shop at? And why, you know, so for me, it was like anthropology or shop impressions or like, you know, different places. And I was like, oh, like, what is it that I really like about those brands? And what is it that they're bringing in? Okay, so what style cues could I take from those? You know, and for me, it was like, well, 
all of the websites I was shopping on, big, bold imagery, you know what I mean? A lot of lifestyle kind of feel, which makes sense because, you know, maybe not for the product photos, but on a homepage, if I was going to bring the California vibes to Canada, it probably needed to feel a little bit like that, right? So what experience was I trying to create for people was really important to me. Um, And then really getting into it, I would say the rest of it from there is pretty scrappy. You know, like I said, it was like, okay, well, I went out and researched a whole bunch of platforms. You know, I'm a Shopify partner now. Obviously, I work in the tool. It is my favorite, I believe. And it is marked the number one platform that is out there for e-commerce for sure. But I did research Square and Wix and a whole bunch of other things, just being completely new to it. And what I loved about Shopify and what I still love about them is that they are very future forward focused. So not only is it an all-in-one platform, so your website, your inventory, your shipping, you know, like social media connections, which none of the other platforms had to sell your products and create shops on there, like all of these integrations that made it so simple, email, like all the things you're going to need. I didn't know if I needed that all right away, but I was like, you know what, I don't want to pick something and then like have to redo this later, which thank goodness I didn't, Um, even though you will change the brand, (laughs) you know what I mean, evolve it over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't want like the overhaul to have to be like a thing, but also the fact that I feel they really have their foot on the pulse in terms of seeing what needs to shift. And okay, so maybe we need to tweak this with design because vendors are wanting this and they're open to feedback. Like they legit have a list that they like vote on of all of the enhancements and things. And they're continuously improving those. Even this morning I logged in and was like, oh, this changed. So, you know, I think there's a lot of things, but um, having been a bit more self taught I do that over. (laughs) I mean, obviously it worked for me because I learned a ton and then was able to kind of direct and show others. But if I were to go into that again, I'm thinking back, that probably would have been the one thing I would have hired out for sure. (laughs) Setting up your Shopify site. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It took a lot of time because you think about, I'm working with a brand specialist. I'm trying to come up with this. I'm traveling around and curating collections, building a social media, you know, trying to actually sell the darn thing. Right. Like there's a, and I've had a full-time job. So, you know, I didn't leave that job till like three years into this process. And so, you know, like that looked like Saturday and Sunday or maybe like an evening, right? Like I didn't have a lot of time. So, you know, that would have definitely helped me. (laughs) I mean, I like the same thing for Boku. Like I knew that I wanted the aesthetic and the presentation to look really put together, whether I was running it out of my house or a warehouse. (laughs) So I hired out the branding and Shopify because I wanted it to function a really specific way. And there's just a lot of mistakes that can happen. Like You can DIY it yourself for sure. If your budget is small and you want a really simple website, you can totally do it yourself. But you're running the risk of like making mistakes or not optimizing your site and all the things like that a designer like you is able to make sure it's set up from the Mm -hmm. get-go in a right way or in the, in the right way. So are there any, like just switching gears a little bit, because this episode's going to be coming out in September, which is kind of the perfect time to start laying some foundational things or not even foundation, but just revisiting our websites to prime ourselves for the biggest time of year, which we all know is holiday. So I'm curious from your perspective, now that you've been doing this for years and you are like fully in it, are there some things that you're like, these are like my my top five things, <laughs> I'm making that up, that you should really 
look at when you're making sure your site is ready for an influx in traffic during your slower seasons? Like, are there some like best practices or some, some things that you'd recommend? Yeah, for sure. Actually, it's funny. I feel like I've been the one singing the holiday tune since June. And yeah. everyone is like, I'm having some fun with it this year because this is three years in a row. And people are like, barf, like, don't <laughs> talk to me about that. I only want to talk about pineapples. So I've been like doing, you know, posts about like holiday sales with pineapples with Santa hats on them and stuff. Right. So <laughs> like, and actually saying barf, you're not going to want to read this post, but read it but anyway. Read it anyway. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a few simple things that people need to think about um, and why I'm bringing up the barf and don't talk to me about anything but pineapples is nobody wants to think about December and June <laughs> for sure. However, uh, you know, I say so holiday sales time that runs approximately August until January. And so it is the busiest holiday shopping season all year round, hands down. Of course, there are other peaks and valleys and things, you know, and sort of like the retail kind of thing, you know, around holidays and stuff. But there are people are thinking about buying, right? So you've got back to school, right? You've got, you know, people are kind of back to work and things like that. You've got, you know, Halloween, you've got Canadian and American Thanksgiving, Cyber Monday, Black Friday, Power 12, like, you know, free shipping day, Amazon shop, like there's so many different things. I think there's like 24 micro and macro holidays or something like that. Like it's nuts between that time. I don't even know them all, but um, there are definitely cues that consumers will take from companies during those times because everybody is thinking about, well, I got to get this for Hanukkah or like you know whatever it is that you celebrate, and so or just shopping for yourself. Maybe like I do sometimes <laughs> during those times, it's like, like the best stuff comes out, right? Yeah, so yeah. yeah. So I think the biggest thing to remember is number one, why I'm talking about that in June is that you need to be thinking about that early. You need to be thinking about it early on because there are things you're going to need to do. So some of the things I described with building a new store, which was like planning out, okay, well, what did I want to have? And I legit would do this, right? So what do I want to have in the fall and through holiday season? And do I want to curate some special holiday pieces? And like, what color do I want those to be? And how do I want them to look? And what do I want? my consumers to feel, you know, so there's the whole buying process, you know, that needs to go around that. But also, how do I want to present that? Is it just like a small fall collection, you know, or a back to school? Or, you know, is it that I'm going to do value sets or gift items or, you know, whatever it is. So it's you need time to actually sit down as a business owner, especially if you do it (laughs) on a part time basis, and map out exactly what it is that you think you want to do. So number one, that's plan early. Number two is all about, you know, scheduling it out, right? So like, don't think about purchasing things in September while you're going through September, because you're going to be you're going to be busy, (laughs) especially if it's during that time, you want to give yourself enough time to not only do some of the things that you need to do to make the promotion happen or whatever it is, but you also want to have time to focus on your customers. So your hair is not on fire during those Mm -hmm. times, right? Mm -hmm. And not choosing every single holiday either. So while I said there was like 24, I'm like, pick two, like pick two or pick three. If you're a small brand, that's probably reasonable. You're probably not going to do all of them. You might have a collection, but you know, maybe you're just choosing to do Black Friday, Cyber Monday and like free shipping day or boxing day or whatever it is. Right. So like do something that's manageable because not only will you be fatigued, but so will your consumer. (laughs) So, you know, you want to be really careful about that. And then I think the other things to think about are then how do you want to show up? 
you know, during those times, which you talked about. So, you know, what do I want to promote? Okay, cool. So how do I want that to look on, you know, the website? Well, if it's gift packs, just as I use that as an example, you know, how are some of the other brands doing that? Bath and Body Works is a big one I use because they're like promotion city. But Mm -hmm. the thing I would say about that, while there's always 10 million things going on, you honestly can't not know that there are promotions that are going on. And so you want to make it really obvious to your consumer. You want to make it feel festive in some fashion, because like we all know if we just go into a store and it's just a store, we'll probably just browse, right? Maybe we'll shop, maybe we'll buy something. But if we go into a bath and body works and somebody's like, Hey, did you know we have this amazing promotion? And have you smelt our latest pumpkin candle? And you know, like all these things, and these are three for, you know, $20 or whatever it is. Like, we're going to be more in the shopping mood. We're going to, we're going to be put into a zone that we're put in as a product of our environment. So those are some of the things that I think are really important to think about. And we do a free workshop on that typically. And there'll be a freebie probably around the time this airs if people want it. It's legit my notes on like what to prepare. Um, but it's just, it's, it's I'll a lot of thinking. That that in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> definitely we'll get that in the show notes for you. Cause I'm yeah. like, that sounds amazing to have a good checklist. A checklist. Yeah. I, um, I'm curious. So like when you're talking about the, like, okay, there's so much competition out there. Like anybody that's listening to this is like, okay, cool. I'm not a Bath and Body Works. I don't want to be a Bath and Body Works, but I want some of that business. I want to take some of those sales. So how can we get our customers that are coming to us because they love us as a small business to convert without having a million different promotions? Like what are some things on an actual Shopify site that help people kind of get over the hump from like the exploration to deciding that they want to purchase with our small, our small brands or business that, you know, maybe is a little bit more expensive than the like buy three, get three free that Bath and Body Works is doing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Actually, I'm so glad you brought that up because I do think a lot of people think that and they're like, I don't have a million dollar ad spend. Like, what am I going to do? And it's like, actually, that's perfect because you don't need it. So, you know, a lot of the things that I did, I did not have a very big ad spend, you know, or I didn't put a lot of money into that. I was really focused on organic growth, you know, or using influencers or things where, again, it was very organic person to person. And so, you know, those are some of the things that you can think about depending on what's important to you and your brand, you know, and how you kind of want to show up. But, you know, a couple of things I would say right off the hop, why I said plan early was I was a fashion brand, but I sure as heck wasn't going to compete with shop impressions or anthropology that I mentioned earlier, even though I love them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, little tactics were like, well, you know, everyone does Black Friday on Black Friday. I'm going to do it two weeks before you know, I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to start to do it a little bit early. I'm going to do a little bit of a different promotion and things like that. And, you know, those are just some like little things to kind of get you ahead of that. So you're not missing when you're being flooded, you know, and we all know what that weekend is like (laughs) with all the lists we subscribe to and the emails and all the things and getting lots on social. So that's just one tip of many, but I would say in terms of the website, what you want to be thinking about is making it like, like so obvious what your promotion is. And this is why I say pick like a couple of holidays and, you know, promote those. Don't pick everything because a confused eye will not buy. Right. So yes, if I the promotion that. is, yeah, to confuse, I will not buy all that. If you have to think for it, I'm not going to hang out too long. Yeah. Right? So don't make me work for it. So, you know, putting little, you know, headers at the top that say, is it free shipping or, Hey, have you checked out our free value sets or, you know, a banner with a very clear picture that shows 
the gift sets. You know, if that's that, I'm just picking one thing right now, you know, and then you kind of scroll down and maybe you reorder the website a little bit in a way that has that. And it's like you're talking consistently about the thing that you know you want customers to sell or you're pairing things in a way that look more holiday. They might be still the same things that you had a week before, but you're positioning them a little bit differently, right? So you just need to be a little creative to kind of make it show up like that. And then my number one piece of advice around this is if you do not have email marketing, you are missing out big. So obviously you want people to subscribe to that list. Obviously you want to capture those abandoned carts. Obviously you want a way to market and remarket to people if we miss them, you know what I mean? At some point in the process and no matter how big or small you are, I always say that email marketing is a license to print money. I know I'm not (laughs) that kind of a person, but when I had my brand and I moved at first, I didn't do it. And I did a little bit later and I thought, my God, I regret not doing this because I don't remember a time when I didn't send out something and I was very, you know, particular, but when I sent them in fatigue and stuff like that, I always sold something. And I was like, you know, there's something to this, right? And it's just all in the way that we're communicating with people to make it clear. So they don't have to guess they know what it's about. And, you know, maybe they get used to that. So you do the same thing time and time again, because they're like, you know, everyone knows, like, what is it gap day? Like if you're a gap person, you know, you always shop on gap day, right? Like you look forward to that day because you know, you're going to get 40% off or whatever it is. Right. So it's like, you start to kind of train your consumer on what to do, right? We're training them on the homepage. We're training them in the emails. Like there is a little bit of logic that you kind of have to apply to these things. I love that. And I think it's like such a reminder. It's not only consistency, but it's frequency. And like, especially during these busier time periods of holiday, like you have to email way more than you're comfortable with. Like get out of your comfort zone and just do it because your consumer is probably not even seeing your email. So you don't want to go into a spam folder, but you want to email more than you necessarily like might normally feel comfortable doing. (laughs) So, So I, oh my gosh, I feel like I could talk to you for hours. We might have to do a part two on this um, (laughs) because I feel like there's a million questions I want to keep asking you. So I just, I feel like I'm going to have to have you back because there's more things that we can talk about. Sure. Anytime. I want to respect your time. I want to respect your time. So tell me how everyone can come find you, how they can listen to your podcast. And I'll make sure I also get your links in the show notes. Everybody can, can listen. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. If you were listening to this, uh, I know you guys love Kristen. What a great podcast host you were today. Uh, you know, I hang out on Instagram at Sarah Jansel. So drop me a, a message. Let me know you heard it or, you know, maybe a takeaway or if you got questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. And, you know, my web URL is janselandandyco.com. <laughs> and so you'll find uh, a plethora of info about the freebie uh, when we have it there, as well as the I created that podcast where I'm jamming out about all things selling online all the time. (laughs) I love it. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Go follow her. She's amazing. And just, you're just an awesome person too. So I appreciate your time today and all your insights. So we'll have a part two. (laughs) Yes, I'm in. I'm in. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. If you are loving the show, I would be so beyond grateful if you would rate and review the podcast and share it with one of your biz besties to help spread the word. I hope that you absolutely crush your sales this week. I'll be back to chat with you next Monday.